Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Oh, you got to love that song, huh? Louisiana Saturday. I never get tired of it, even after 30 years of listening to it each and every Saturday morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Outdoor Show. I'm Don Dubuque. Glad to have you with us. We've got some timely declarations uh, you may need to know before heading out this morning, so we'll get to that real closely. Uh, It's regarding hunting and camping area closures in some areas due to high water. We'll talk about that in just a second. Also, I want to remind you, today is the opening of the Louisiana duck seasons. Coastal zone opens this week. Next Saturday will be the west zone, and the following Saturday will be the east, and all three of Louisiana's zones will be open. We're going to take you out to some of the blinds a little bit later on, and we'll also have our usual fishing reports. But I tell you, what you don't want to miss this morning is our bad boy, the outdoors. This case really wound me up, and I think it will upset you too when you hear about what is some bad boys of the outdoors in justice. Also going to talk to our neighbors, or about our neighbors, uh, to the east, Alabama. No, not about that little football game that's coming up at 2.30. I'm talking about the great job the state of Alabama did in maximizing their red snapper catch. Not that we did a bad job in Louisiana either. I'll have those details for you. Now, there is a first-ever viewing of a John Foltz, Chef John Foltz recipe, on this week's Bayou Wild. I'll tell you where to see it. It's called Death by Gumbo, and you're going to love it. Now, a lot of you saw our TV feature last week with Big Frida. Yeah. <laughs> what fun that was. Well, I had another celebrity fishing guest with me this week on the Fishing Game Report and the Outdoors Report in Baton Rouge. Uh, Ryan Lambert and I took Miss Louisiana and her traveling companion out for a day of bull red fishing, and we'll talk about that feature. And I'll tell you what, you can take a look at Miss Louisiana. Her photo is uh, the radio photo of the week on my website at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. And while you're there, you're going to find a lot of other interesting information on my webpage, including the complete courtroom transcripts from that bad boy's plea and sentencing hearing in Lafayette I mentioned just a few moments ago. Uh, plus, we've also got on that on that website the possible answer to where are the ducks question a lot of people have been asking. It's in a video with that title. That's at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. You can also listen to our radio programs via that site as well as watch our television shows. I also want to urge you while you're on that site to vote in our outdoor opinion poll. We put a new opinion poll up for outdoorsmen each and every week. This week we're asking you the question, if a coyote appears from your stand when you're deer hunting, do you shoot it or not shoot it? And at the bottom, there's an article there, and I caution you, read that article before you make a a quick snap decision. You may change your mind either way. We've also got the Coastal Marine forecast coming up for you. In fact, we'll take a look at that right now. Uh, Chilly start for sure. Winter is definitely here in the Gulf Coast. Uh, Today offshore, you're looking at northeast winds 10 to 15 knots, about 3 to 5 foot seas. Uh, Then on the inside waters, it's easterly at 5 to 10 with a light chop. Now, tomorrow, pretty drastic change in wind direction and speeds. That offshore winds are scheduled or supposedly going to lay down from east and become east at 5 to 10 with a 1 to 2 foot sea. And for the inside open uh, interior lakes and bays, east wind 
at 5 to 10, smooth conditions tomorrow. Tide, not the greatest, but not the worst. It's 0.6 is your average tide range. Some of our listening areas have a little bit more, a little bit less. And the Mississippi River stage, unusually high for this time of year. Or maybe that's going to be the new normal. 10.5 and still has a little bit of a tendency to rise. So we got a whole bunch of fishing reports coming up for you when we come back from this first timeout. Glenn Sanchez, a voice from the past. He's pinch-hitting. For Robbie Campo, who is on his way to kill a big northern deer. Back with Glenn's report on the Hopedale, Shell Beach, Delacro areas, all coming at you right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And something I forgot to mention, don't forget about our text board. Some of you know it, and I'm already getting some text in, but we take live text messages on this program, questions, comments, your reports. I'd especially love to hear from some of you duck hunters this morning. Uh, tell me when you're out building your blinds or scouting your leases, what did you see this week? How does it look for this opening day forecast? Weather-wise, yeah, it looks like bluebird skies, but there's a chill and a little bit of wind, and a lot of ducks came in from what I'm hearing and what I saw ahead of that front, so... Hopefully your area has some. But let me know. You can text those messages into us at 870-870. And we start off with one from Team Last Stall telling me good morning that they crushed the trout this week down in Hopedale. Live shrimp under big popping corks. Raider pride. Yeah, that's my fellow Raider. And in case you haven't heard, I will tell you, the Rumble Raiders of Metairie, Louisiana, won the Catholic League district championship last night and went undefeated this season going to be a great playoff coming up all right let's talk to glenn sanchez who is filling in for robbie campo down at shell beach at campos marina glenn good morning my friend how you doing good morning don how you doing i'm doing great <laughs> i am too how's the weather down there are they are they on target a little chilly and a little bit of northeast wind it's going? got a little nip to it it's got a little wind to it but it, it's clear there are stars out uh i think if people come out a little bit later and let the duck hunters do their thing and then go fishing i think that they're in much better shape you know that uh, sounds like a great a plan bit. Sounds like a great plan to me. One of our first listeners texted in and said they crushed the trout down there this week. How was the fishing? Oh, it's, it's been fantastic. I mean, I've been doing a lot of fishing, and I get bored. Like If I go to one spot and I catch fish, I'll the next day I'll go completely to another spot. And this week I fished five times, and I fished all over. I fished the Biloxi marks. I fished off the channel. I fished behind the dam. I fished over toward Lake Robin. And I caught fish everywhere I went. So, you know, it's it's that time of year, you know. Great time to be a fisherman, bad time to be a fish. <laughs> and when you say you're uh, you, you, you're a fisherman, you, you're a trout guy. Uh, are you catching trout yeah, in all those I places like or are you mixing it with the reds? Oh, I'm, I, I mostly catch trout. I mean, I, I really just shoot for trout. Now and then we'll catch a few reds, but. We don't even after we catch trout, or even if we don't catch trout, we don't even go looking for reds most of the time. We just go home. But I had yep. that I had that luxury, you know. I'm right here. I can go fishing <laughs> tomorrow. I know you can, right at the drop of a hat. Life is wonderful. Life is wonderful. Yeah, well, you spent a lot of uh, years at the marina watching other people going and catch fish and helping them get out there and selling them bait, so you certainly deserve it. Uh, Glenn, are you using live or plastic or a combination? Well, I'm using mostly live. You know, I tell people, you, you want to catch fish, you use live bait. You want to go fishing, you can use plastic. You can still catch fish. You just have to work so much harder. Now, this time of year, it's a lot easier with the plastic because they hit movement, you know. But like in the summertime, 
when there's bait in the water, you better be throwing bait. But I'm a bait fisherman. And, Glenn, you know? uh, as far as uh, the depth, are you using popping corks? Are you fishing the bottom or are you varying it depending on where you're fishing? Most of the fish, 99% of the fish are being caught under a cork, and it depends on the depth. It depends on where you're fishing. If you're fishing in a canal right by a ledge, you know, you might want three, four feet. If, if you're fishing in a lake, you, you, you might want two, three feet. You know, it depends. You just need to make an adjustment. If they're not biting at one depth, they might be in another zone. You know, just move it a foot. Move your cork a foot one way or the other and see what happens. You know, well, Glenn, all everything. those places... All those places you traveled this week, uh, how many birds did you see then? And what's the duck uh, forecast look like for the Biloxi Marsh? Now, this was before the front came in, because I haven't fished since Thursday. And I didn't really see that many ducks. I saw maybe two flocks. You know? I have mm-hmm. a theory where the ducks went down. You yeah. want to hear my theory where the ducks are? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting this. It's called ethanol. All the farmers are growing corn to sell it for ethanol, so the ducks don't even come down anymore. They're stopping up there. And they're well, eat, you, eating all the corn. I agree with that, but they're also planting corn for other reasons, and they're flooding it with water, and they're not harvesting it. And if you want to see what happens when that's done, if you just tune in this week's Bayou Wild show, and look at the feature that we did about with Mark Merchant talking about what goes on. You'll actually see for yourself these birds picking corn like chickens off of a stalk while they're swimming on top of water. And that is anything but natural. So uh, I got to agree with you. I'm leaning. I don't know to what extent it does it. Uh, this year, we're, we're looking forward to this duck season because with all that early flooding of the river systems north of here up the flyway, they didn't get all that corn planted. It was too late to get it in. So the, the theory is we may see a pretty good season down here for a change because last year was the worst recorded duck season in Louisiana since we've been keeping records. That's how bad it was. Last year, I mean, after the first day, there was nobody hunting on I mean, you know, I live down here, so I hear gunshots all morning. I, I get up early in the morning during duck season because of the, the noise. And last year, it was the first day, and there was hardly any shots. And then everybody just went back to fishing because yeah. there was no doubt. Yeah, well, you know? it's, a, it's a big economic loss for this state because it is a tremendous industry with the, the amount of equipment that people use for ducks and the leases and, you know, the guns and the, the camo clothing and the, the surface drive engines and boats and decoy. It just goes on and on. And when you don't have that and people get discouraged, they quit buying duck stamps, and some of them quit buying hunting licenses, and that's what funds all of the conservation efforts. So it, it certainly is going to bear looking into. Well, Glenn, uh, are you working at uh, Campos this morning, uh, getting boats launched and selling bait, or are you just uh, doing a report for Robbie? I'm, I'm sitting in my warm truck over by, Rob, <laughs> over by Campos, and I'm going to go back in there and talk to F.J. for a little bit, drink some more coffee, and I'm going to the house. <laughs> there you go. Fishing, but you can time it a little bit later. You maybe fish later in the day and let it warm up. No, I don't fish on the weekends. I chase grandkids on the weekends, and I fish during the week. Life is just Ah, you retirees. Week. Yeah, you, you retirees <laughs> have got it made. Glenn, great talking to you. Thanks for reporting. Tell F.J. and the crew hello for me, my friend. Same here, Don. Thank you, and good talking to you. Y'all have a great day. And everybody stay safe.
Hey, got plenty of bait down there at, at Campos? Oh, yeah, plenty plenty bait, plenty bait. Sounds they, they, good. They will definitely take care of you when you come down here, so come on down. Been doing it for a long, long time. That's Glenn Sanchez down there in Hopedale and Shell Beach area reporting for us from Campos Marina in Shell Beach. Coming back after this, we'll get to some of your text messages and also tell you about some uh, closures that are regard to hunting and, and camping areas. Back with that. You are listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, you can uh, keep your text messages coming in to us at 870-870. Reports, comments, questions are always welcome. I'll get to some of those in a second. But I did want to mention this to you, those of you who hunt or camp on the Bogachetta National Wildlife Refuge, very popular place north of Pearl River. Uh, the water level has uh, reached or actually exceeded 15 and a half feet at the Pearl River Gauge. When that happens, it automatically forces the closure of the Bogachetta National Wildlife Refuge to any hunting or camping, and it will remain closed as long as that river level is at 15.5. What happens is it's going to shut it down for the youth deer, gun, squirrel, and archery deer hunts. Uh, Again, uh, you might want to monitor that. There are a lot of uh, websites, including the National Weather Service office. You can actually call them and get the gauge level, or there's a lot of uh, websites that you can find that information. But just be advised, Bogachita National Wildlife Refuge, because of high water, uh, causing actually stranding of wildlife, which creates an unfair chase situation, and also the danger to the people going in there. Uh, it's going to be closed for a while. All right, waterfowl hunters headed out there. I know a lot of you going duck hunting. You're on your way out there now listening, getting into the blind. This is the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries flyover report. I'm going to hit some of the highlights. Uh, they are total accounted now. When they did this flyover, which was actually before that frontal system, was 1.04 million ducks. That is the third lowest November estimate since the surveys began, and they go back all the way to 1969. Now, again, uh, this is a snapshot in time. Things definitely have changed. How much better it has gotten, we'll find out when we start getting our reports from the people in the marshes and rice fields today. Uh, Another thing that we've got uh, is the the divers. We've got a lot of diving ducks in the state, 196,000 total. Uh, in the southwest part of the state, and a lot of these are ringneck ducks, 78,000 ringnecks and 15,000 in the southeast. Throw in another 19,000 in Catahoula. It's 112,000 ringneck ducks, which is tied for about fourth place as far as the species go. Uh, blue-winged teal, uh, that's uh, pretty high. We've got 166,000 in the state. Uh, the all-time leader right now at 327,000 is the good old bread-and-butter duck, the gadwall, the gray duck. Uh, Mallards, 3,000 total in the state. Uh, They did not get a count from Catahoula, so we're not sure what's up there. It's going to be a little more for sure. But uh, gadwall seems to be the duck you're going to be looking for out there. Uh, 208,000 in the southwest and 109,000 in the southeast and another 10,000 on Catahoula. So as far as the conditions, uh, will these birds, if these fronts move them down and they're not finding those agricultural crops up the flyway, will they stay? What does it look like? Uh, The survey, the flyover said that overall the habitat conditions to be what they consider fair in the coastal marsh, that agricultural habitats, the rice field conditions also appear average with mostly managed water on the landscape and little natural shallow flooding. 
And during the early blizzard conditions that took place in the Dakotas, which is where I'm going to be next week, and freezing temperatures down into the mid-latitudes, it does not appear to have had a major migratory movement into much of coastal Louisiana. Well, we'll see. This is just one survey, so we'll see how that fares out later on this morning. All right, getting uh, to your text messages. Here's one. Uh, Listening to us again from home in Opelousas. Have a great morning. Uh, I had another one from... uh, Rick, let me see if I can find that. Yeah, here's a good morning from Ice Cold Camp Duckout in Indiana, Pennsylvania, where it's 22 degrees. Uh, they've got Ritzy, Stritty, Lulu, Shane, Kevin, Hainsey, Roger, and Rick. They're seeing lots of shooters, but none are close enough to sling an arrow. They've got a very short gun season there. Most of it's all bow hunting. But there is some good ringneck quail and grouse hunting. Uh, the boys are getting their fill of some good South Louisiana cooking this week, and that is compliments of uh, my buddy Rick Cattardi. Good luck to you guys up in Pennsylvania. All right, we got some more texts coming in. This guy says, or gal, not sure, no scouting for this year's opener. Fingers crossed. Oh, I hate that. Going out there blind. Hope you are pleasantly surprised is all I can tell you. Then we're hearing from uh, Justin. He lives in the Chile Gentilly Wildlife Refuge. Has not seen any duck or ibis flyovers, but there's a beautiful sky ready for them. I did see, uh, day before yesterday, late in the evening, migrating flocks. You can tell when they're migrating. They're flying high and very direct. Uh, They were new arrivals. And here's one from our friend, the Lafayette Yacker. He just got in the car for the ride to Lafayette from from the Brother Martin game. Going to be a long ride. He's enjoying the show. Waiting for the Captain Ugly paddling report. Got his coffee and the sun in the mirror, stroking to the west. That's the Lafayette Yacker. You know, that's, uh, he's referring to Eric Mohamarak. Why, why does everybody pick on him? They call him uh, Captain Dirty, Captain Ugly. Nice guy. Not that bad looking either. He'll be up coming up a little bit later on. All right, right after this time out, we got uh, more texts, including somebody that does not want us to forget about the opening of muzzleloader season. Yep, I'll be in that number tomorrow. Not today, but tomorrow. And we got more fishing reports, more of that stuff you and I love to talk about each and every Saturday morning. And we've been doing it here 30 years plus on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, to our friends over in uh, Nick Saban land, yes, Alabama, that is, uh, they had a 38-day season this year. And uh, after the season before, ended after 27 days, so they would not exceed their quota of a million pounds. Uh, They were able to add three weekend extensions to the 2019 season to help fill this year's quota. We also did that here in Louisiana. Unfortunately, weather didn't really work out too well for us for people to get offshore. Uh, The quota was a little over a million pounds for Alabama. It was like one uh, .079, uh, they got 1.050, 1,050,000. The quota, 1,079,000. Pretty doggone close. Left about 28,000 pounds in the water, which will be shared by the rest of the Gulf states next year. But, the, of course, the goal for a, a state management area is association is always to get as close to that quota without going over. And that, they estimate, is less than one good weekend day fishing in Alabama, those 28,000 pounds. So they're able to do this uh, by the mandatory red snapper reporting system. Also, they call it snapper check. We call ours ROLP or La Creole. And uh, the, the, because of the recreational offshore landing permit and the La Creole program, we get to manage real time and do a much better job of uh, knowing what's out there for the snapper. So uh, from from the, the proof is obvious. It's, it's there. 
the states manage their red snapper populations and quota and harvest much more efficiently than the feds ever did or ever could. So let's hope it stays that way and maybe even expands into other species. All right, we're going to take a quick 10-second timeout, and then we come back after our stations identify. We're going to get to our text board. If you want to send us one, 870-870, reports, comments, questions, whatever. We'd love to hear from you, 870-870. But first, we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves along the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. You know, one of the very important uh, facets of this show that has made it as popular as it's been for the last 30 years is the field reporters. I've got a staff of guys out there who are willing to give up some time on their early Saturday mornings. Marina operators are very busy. Professional guides are getting their customers out there. There's no busier time than an early Saturday morning. Excuse me. However, they take the time to help us out. And this text kind of tells the story of that. This one says, good morning, Don. Last Thursday, me and the nephew launched at Campos, used live sea crickets. If you're not familiar with that, that is a shrimp. (laughs) Under a cork and also had matrix plastics. The color they used was a lemon head, holly jolly on a jig head. They fished it with a slow retrieve, ended up with a box of fine redfish, trout, black drum, some nice blue cats. Once again, thanks to Robbie Campo for helping us out. That's the kind of job that Robbie does, and so do the other marine operators. All right, here's another one. Uh, morning, Don. Back again. T-Matt, T-Chad, and the Asian Cajun. They're ready in the duck blind at Point of Shen Reserve. Good luck to all the hunters, and go Tigers. That's G-E-A-U-X, by the way. Oh, also wants to give a shout-out to the Asian Cajun. He's getting married in two weeks. Hope that doesn't cut into your hunting and fishing time. Take her with you, Asian. All right, here's one that is heading out to fish with one of the best, Captain Deadly Dudley. Listen to us on the radio. They're going to get a fish fry for the game. Hope you're successful. And Dudley's been on him. He's been hot lately with the speckled trout. No doubt about that. All right, uh, here's one from the Convent Hunting Club. I know what they're getting ready to do. They hunt rabbits over there. <laughs> they're checking in with this much-needed cold front. The dogs run a whole lot better and longer on a cold day, which results in more runs and a lot more rabbits in the back of our hunting vests. Good luck to everyone today. Be safe and have fun. i got to tell you, that is a lot of fun uh, you know, there's all different kinds of hunting. Some of it's very solitary, you know, sitting for hours on a deer stand by yourself or maybe just a couple of guys in a duck blind. But see, a rabbit hunt, that is a social event. And you got guys, uh, a bunch of people, and you got dogs with personalities and the barking going on, and you're hearing the shots and you're wondering who got rabbits, and then you end up with some really tasty stuff. But you can't do it in the heat. And luckily, you got some early cold weather here, so I'm glad they're taking advantage of it out there in the convent hunting club. All right, here's another one. Uh, Another season of late getting into the stand. Got to hear your show. That is from Louisiana Outlaw John. Um, This one says the Bogachitta is not closed. Well, the information I have uh, said, if if it has changed and dropped below 15.5, then it opens. But the information that I have said it was closed at that time, it was above 15.5, so before you go, make sure you check it. As long as it's below 15.5, you're good to go. All right, we come back after this. Jeff Brule joins us. He spends some time up on the Bogachit and the Pearl. He's our freshwater fishing reporter. Back with his information right after this. And it's time for our freshwater fishing report with Jeff Brule. It's uh, brought to you by Berkeley, a division of pure fishing. You know, they're the distributors of hundreds of Christmas gifts and stocking ideas 
from rods, reels, nanding nets, thousands of fresh and saltwater baits, catfish flippers, hand scales, lines of all type, whether you use monofilament, fluorocarbon, or just leader material, check it out. Berkeley, a division of Pure Fishing. Good morning, Jeff. What's you up to this morning? In this weather roller coaster, we go from <laughs> up and down, rain to none to cold. So it's just making tough fishing. Yep. Uh, how's things over in the basin? That water finally uh, stabilizing at, over there? Yeah, it's steady at four foot, which is a little high. It'd be nice if it dropped down maybe about a, at least a half a foot. Uh, the reports has been kind of tough. They have caught some nice stringers. Some of the kids' tournaments have been pretty productive. But uh, overall, it's just a real tough place to fish with the weather. Uh, the reports are jigs and spinner baits on the barrette side are a pretty good option, but you have to work them real slow. And that's typical when I mean, the water gets down in the 60s. Uh, as fast as it has, it slows down the bite a little bit. Uh, the other place, I went to Chef Pass this week, and bad news, I only caught two fish around the MRGO and the ICW. So uh, I don't really know. It's got my head, I'm scratching my head because I fish from deep to shallow, grass to rocks, you know, ponds to bayous and places that I normally catch fish, some places I just tried out of a whim and just didn't really find any fish. So I'm wondering if the tropical storms might have moved those fish somewhere else. So if anybody has caught some bass over there in the last week, uh, send us a text. I'd like to know if there's still some bass over there. Yeah, I think you're probably on the right track with those those two uh, storms that sent those high salty water tides in. Probably, you know, didn't kill them, I don't think, but probably pushed them into some areas where if you're lucky enough to find them, they're probably going to be stacked up. But maybe somebody can let us know if they've had any success around the Mr. Go or the intercoastal waterway. Uh, Delacroix, a lot of ducks I'm hearing there from some folks. Anyway, what did you see when you went down there? I think he could have thrown a rock in the air last Saturday and killed the ducks. There's so many ducks. It's amazing. Wow. I'm soft. Some of the areas I was fishing around Oak River, I'd see groups of 30, 40, 50 teal get up at a time. Uh, now, at the chef yesterday, I hardly saw any ducks. So I don't know if it's maybe just that first front push ducks do. we got to wait for another front. But I saw a lot of ducks. So hopefully those guys this morning will kill some ducks down there. Uh, the bass were taking spinner baits and Texas rigs. Uh, I was using a blue fleck power bait worm. and Fishing kind of the drains and neck downs around the small bayous and, and ponds. You know, if you had a little bayou between two big ponds, they, that would seem to be the best pattern to go in there and check. You know, basically deep holes around uh, Oak River. We caught lots of bass and reds. They, they didn't bite till later in the day when it warmed up. They seemed to bite better. So you have to kind of watch your tides and your major periods and go in those time frames to really get some good fish down there. Jeff, for the river fishermen, uh, the Mississippi's high. 10.5 was what I saw on the gauge. That What does that do to Venice? And the Pearl's also pretty high, too. Yeah, it's poor choices. I mean, if you got a tournament, you got to go there. you got to fish it, and it's, it is what it is. But uh, Venice is pretty much shot for, it looks like, for at least another month. And, you know, usually the best time to, for fall fishing is September through November, and it looks like that's going to be out again this year. The Pearl's. I crossed it on Thursday. It's high and muddy, you know, lovely shade of that mud. And you can just see it when you get to it. It's kind of a reddish color. Uh, but, you know, if you can get into some of the points and backwaters, you know, something with a high bank, a lot of times you can catch fish because they don't go anywhere. They just honker down and wait for it to clean back up. And whatever comes by them, they, they bite on usually. But uh, they had a tournament about two weeks ago, Lunkers and Liars, and they had 10-pound stringer 
and that was kind of a low weight for the pearl. So it kind of indicates the fishing's just tough in that area. They're catching a lot of fish, just not a lot of big ones. Jeff, this time of year, a lot of people like to switch over to crankbaits. Tell us about fishing with crankbaits for somebody that's never thrown them before. Yeah, if you uh, get the square bill, the uh, one that's kind of just got the flat edge bill, not the rounded edge, but uh, you can burn that over cover and down drains and things like that and get a reaction strike. Uh, uh, they do work that has one called a square bull, but they come in different sizes and, and lengths and diameter, so you have to kind of just pick one that prior is kind of a mid-size because we don't really have a lot of big, big bait here as compared to some areas, but this is a few tips to help you with a square bill. First, determine what depth you want to fish. And you can see that on the package. It tells you how far it dives. Um, it could be a foot deep over grass or three feet over a treetop. So you want to determine you know, what kind of bait to buy to get that depth. And second, you want the lure to make contact with the cover. You know, stop and go retrieve works pretty good. So you want to reel down, touch the grass or jerk it through the grass or you know, bump a tree limb or something like that and then let it slowly float back up as you do when you get your pikes. And then finally, you can make a choice on rattles, either bait with or without rattles. And as a general rule for that, the more stained the water is, you want rattles. And if it's clean, clear water, usually I don't throw rattles at all. But, you know, some days you got to just let the fish tell you what they want and maybe have one of each and try until you figure out what you can do with them. It's just something you got to learn to fish with. All right, there you have it, Crankbait 101. Jeff, uh, a little later on in the month, they got a, a tournament coming up on the East Pearl. Tell me about it. November 24th, uh, East Pearl, you know, the old Green Bridge launch at the East Pearl, a $50 entry fee for boats that's lunkers and liars. And they, uh, they fish basically to Lower Pearl, and I think you can run anywhere you want. But it's a good good event, and we'll be watching that just to kind of see if the Rivers go down and the catch, catch weights go up. So it's always fun to see how those guys do because they really know the area well. And if they can produce big stringers, you know that it's a good bites going on. All right. Very good, Jeff. Excellent report. We appreciate it. Thanks, and uh, have a great weekend, my friend. All right. Thanks, Don, and uh, thanks to all the veterans. I appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Veterans Day kind of weekend. Thank you, Jeff. All right, coming back after this, uh, let's find out about Grand Isle. Grand Isle, you know, this time of year when I vision Grand Isle, I kind of see tumbleweed rolling down. You know, a lot, a lot of people fish winters in Grand Isle, but it can be good. And Daryl's got some tips for you. He's with RealScreamers.com, and he's up next on this, The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Now, let's check in with Daryl Carpenter, RealScreamers.com, and find out what's happening on the island known as Grand Isle. Captain Darrell, what's happening down there, my friend? Good morning, Don. Uh, man, I, I don't know. I, I guess you'd give, if, if you had to pick a normal fall and, and grade it on a scale of 1 to 10, I guess you'd have to say Grand Isle right now. It's been about an 8. Um, side of the road this week kicked off again, uh, just, you know, with these little cold fronts coming here and there. Uh, a lot of people are catching specs on side of the road. That flounder catch seems to slow down a little bit. They've probably done a little bit more of their migration. Uh, in the back, you know, if, you, if you've got access to vessels in the back, you've been seeing a few birds here and there. We've got some shrimp moving around. The last of the shrimp are trying to move out. And there's been a lot of good speckled trout caught in the back. you just gotta, you got to kind of pick your days. You know, it's, it's typical, typical fall time between these cold fronts where you got to pick your days to get out. Um, plastics have been a rule of the day uh 
they've, you know, I mean, you can have live bait. We always leave with live bait just in case. But this time of the year, you know, things are, the fish are trying to fatten themselves up, and they, they tend to actually be sometimes more aggressive than what they are in the, in the spring. So plastics work good. You don't have to go load it real heavy. And uh, other than that, it's like you said, tumbleweeds a lot of times. I mean, a lot of times you're the only boat on the water. You don't, There's not a lot of pressure on that spot. And man, this is this is some of the, if you're flexible and can work around these fronts, this is some of the best time in the world to be fishing Grand Isle. Now, you, you fished a lot of winters and falls down there. If you had to pick a, a, one plastic bait, that, that's all we would give you to go out there with. Which is your favorite? Give me the brand and the size and the color. Uh, lime green or either smoke. Well, I, I, I'd have to have two colors depending on the water clarity, but it, it would either be oh, lime we'll give green you two. or smoke. It, lime green or smoke gray, uh, two, oh, a three-inch sparkle beetle, H&H sparkle beetle. Mm-hmm. And the old how would you rig it? still works, man. Oh, just <laughs> uh, depending on current situation, various different weights on the jig heads. Uh, uh, you know, if you if you've got a slack current, go down as as light as a quarter ounce jig head. But that way, you you kind of stay off of the bottom. You can you can work it off the bottom and not get hung up in that muck. Or if you've got a mm-hmm. heavy current or heavy wind that you got to cast against, go as high as a three eighths or so jig head. You know, the trout fishing doesn't end in the fall and winter in Grand Isle. People just stop fishing for them. That's, that's the, about the way it sizes it up. Uh, right. Now, uh, I had a, a trip down with Ryan uh, on the coast down below Buras, and we had a great bull. There's a big bull red bite going on over there right now where you find the pogies, and they're striking the pogies, and you get in there, and right. uh, you can you can really get into a bunch of them. Is that going on anywhere down there, around Cooper Bell maybe or uh, Common Island? Well, Don, right there, right there in my backyard. Uh, in, in case you can't tell, the the flu's been running through my house faster than a California wildfire. But but right there in my backyard, before I bugged out to get some TLC, um, I mean, just the the schools of bull reds. When you would see them, when you would see it happening, you'd have to take a second look to say, is this a bunch of dolphins that's got some mullet jammed up, or what is it? And it was schools of bull red, like you said hemming up the mullet and or the, the what's left of the pogies for the wintertime, and they were just exploding like crazy on them. Now, I don't think anybody targets them better than Ryan Lambert does, and, and he knows exactly, you know, where they tend to gang up, but there has been a whole lot of them around Grand Isle. Uh, they're still seeing some on the beach, from what I understand, and then, like I said, the, the ones right there by my house on those flats on the backside of the island, early, especially earlier in the morning when the water's a little bit calmer and those, and those pogies and all are all ganged up right there. There's been a whole lot of them just destroying bait like crazy. Well, you know, there's, there's probably nothing more exciting for a, a rookie or a novice fisherman to hook into one of those bull reds. We had the pleasure of taking Miss Louisiana, Megan Cruz, who is from uh, north Louisiana, up around the Monroe area, and for on our first saltwater trip. And when you watch the excitement mm-hmm. when they hit on that bull red. And speckled trout are great. You know, you go out and catch a mess of them. It's great for yeah. a tailgate, for a fish fry. But, boy, I'll tell you what, that bull red will take your breath away <clears throat> if you're not ready for it. Don, were y'all targeting them in, in shallow water? Uh, it was medium depth water. It was right down there along the coast, you know. And uh, what the giveaway was was the pokey boats. Pokey boats weren't far See, away. That, that, and where there's boats, there's pogies. 
right. And you see, that's what I like. What I like is where, like where I'm telling you about is right. It's, it's shallow water flats. I mean, on low tide, you're going to be kicking a lot of mud right there. And if, if there's if there's any way to enhance the excitement of what happens with that bull red, catch him in two feet of water because he can't die. Yeah. All he can do is run. <laughs> <laughs> And he's got good traction too. We had some pretty right, good fights, right. and uh, it was on this. It's on this week's uh, fishing game and outdoors reports. People can check that out. And I got her picture on the website. Well, I'm gonna talk more to Ryan about that. Thank you, Daryl. In the meantime, give us that telephone number if somebody wants to get you at realscreamers.com and they don't have their computer turned on. R two two five nine three seven All right, my friend. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. That's Daryl Carpenter. All right, we're coming back with another hour of the Outdoor Show right after this short pause. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.